Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Lift off. We have a lift Welcome back to Tennis Unfiltered with me, James Gray of inews.co.uk and the iNewspaper. I'm almost delighted to say I've got George Belshaw sitting next to me, um, suited, booted, and well, I was going to say wearing a tie, but wearing might be the wrong verb in this particular case. He's almost tied it himself, I'm reliably informed. Um, George, you've got women's final tickets. Are you excited? Always. Um, <laughs> no, I think it'll be quite an interesting match. Um, I guess we don't want to dwell on it too long at this stage. Dwell away, George, dwell because away. I'd like you to make a prediction and then look like an idiot. Yeah, I mean, I... I really hope Ons does it. I know we've kind of on this podcast said, I don't think she's going to do it. And I really won't think she's going to do it if she doesn't do it today. But she's beaten Ribakina, beaten Sabalenka. Okay, this isn't maybe the hardest final on paper, although Von Dresova's played some really good stuff. But actually to have come through those players before, that those were the sort of matches I thought where Jabal would always fall down. Um so yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting. I mean, Vondrasova is kind of in a similar boat, really, isn't it? In terms of like, this is Jabal's third Grand Slam final, and it's sort of Vondrasova's third in the sense of French Open, Olympic final. Oh, I'd forgotten about the Olympics. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so kind of, they've both had two shots at getting a major title, and now they'll get a third. And but you'd, you'd have to say Jabal would deserve it a lot more, wouldn't you? I mean, Vondrasova's been such a random player, like never really cracked. <laughs> top five has she even been top ten possibly uh, she's been play? 14 I think 14? as high yeah. as I mean it, it, I think it's the word deserve is quite problematic like <laughs> does anyone ever deserve a Grand Slam I don't know I mean Ons has and I think I've bored listeners with this stat before but you can have it again she's the first player since 2012 as woman since 2012 to beat three top ten players in the same Wimbledon um, the last one was Serena Williams back in 2012. Incredibly, one of the three players they beat is the same, and it's Petra Kvitova, who Serena beat in 2012, and who Ons beat in 2023, and was top 10 on both occasions. But 
that's neither here nor there. Um, so in that sense, I suppose maybe she does deserve it slightly more. But yeah, I mean, Vondrasova's played some good tennis. I think the reason she's got to where she is is she's quite an unusual player. I heard someone, and Calvin poo-pooed this, but I heard someone compare her to Cam Norrie. And, like, there are similarities, like, uh, the sort of loopy forehand, the flat backhand. You know, she does make a lot of balls. I think in the context of the women's game, I think she's just slightly more of a power hitter. I mean, she's not a power hitter, but slightly more than Cam is. Um, but I think the problem is, you know, looking out over southwest London today, it's extremely windy, uh, up to 50 mile an hour gusts. Um, and I don't, I don't think they'll shut the roof on the grounds of wind. And I think if it's really no, it no, no, I think if it's really windy, like I think Vondrasova might really struggle, and like Jibbur's flat power might just win out. Yeah, I, I mean, I, th- I think Jibbur will win regardless of the conditions, but especially if that, that happens, I think you know a lot of her, a lot of her game can be adapted quite easily compared to Vondrasova. Um, so I think she'll not really. Oh, I mean, she may struggle. It's meant to be pretty bloody windy. I was thinking back to the windiest tennis matches I could think of, and I swear there was like a Murray match at the US Open where a chair actually like blew onto the court. <laughs> so I something don't remember like that would be quite that. entertaining. I mean, Calvin will be like Grand Slams on wind. No, I'm sorry. I'm th- Calvin does. I think it's Nottingham uh, or Ilkley. Oh, is it Ilkley? Like okay, yeah. It might be Nottingham as well. I yeah. Don't know. Um, but Calvin back tomorrow for his uh, wind correspondent role. <laughs> um, uh, all right, well, you've got to make a prediction, George. Them's the rules. You have a five-point lead over Calvin yeah. while I'm just quietly fourth in a three-horse race. Uh, how many sets? I think Jabor wins. Yeah, you said that. Um, I don't know. I think I'll go Jabor in two, actually. I, I just think she's better than Bondersova, So That is usually a good reason to pick someone in a prediction. I, I, I think on the basis that I have spent the whole of this tournament picking like slightly alternative picks and let's face it no (laughs) and it's gone really badly I'm also going to go Jabur but in three sets I think she just gets so tight I I said it I was on BBC Radio London yesterday not not to drop a name Um, but uh, and I I said she does get tight like she does get nervous and you can't practice that like you can't practice not being nervous Grand Slam finals okay she's done it twice but you know she got really tight here last year I don't think she dealt with the US Open brilliantly either she's also the favourite going into this which is a whole different kettle of fish like she hasn't been the favourite probably since I don't know the quarterfinals maybe I mean no to the last 16 it it could have shades of the Zverev team finalness in some ways in the sense of you know team came into that match I would say quite comfortable favourite he'd been there plenty of times before and he made an absolute bloody meal of it when he'd actually played his previous Grand Slam finals quite well against better opposition and kind of been a, a noble yeah, yeah. loser um, so it'd be interesting yeah. if that happens today I, yeah I, I'm now sort of revisiting my own prediction I'll stick with I'll <laughs> stick with Jabor in two li- live George <laughs> wavering in the wind <laughs> the, ma- the least decisive man on the planet um, I mean Von Zerzo could win as well no. <laughs> I mean the problem is George there's only two possible winners so it is rather easy to swither there's four possible options <laughs> yeah okay I'll give you that um, and Calvin wants to get bonus points for not getting it right uh, as usual yeah. <laughs> I am going to ask Calvin for his prediction live so I'll bring that to you a little bit later in the show um, we'll if well, I hear reply. I know he is. Oh, he did say he was going to do something today, but I can't exactly remember what it was. Probably hit some tennis ball. 
No, he says not. Today is like his first day not on a tennis court or watching tennis for like three months or something. So, slacker, I think. I don't think. know what he does when he's not thinking and doing tennis things. Polishes his head. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's mean, but Calvin is not a bald denier. He's a very openly he bald man. <laughs> yes. Better than we would. Um, yeah, better than you would. Um, I've done it before. I've seen it. it's not that and bad. And I think you might have to revisit it quite yeah, soon. Yeah, yeah, it is going. <laughs> I have to say, listeners, the corners are much more visible than they were they even were, a year ago. Yeah, I know. It's not going well. Oh, well. Could oh, be well. worse. Off Could... to Turkey. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's look back at Friday the 14th of July, Bastille Day, um, but no French celebrations at uh, Wimbledon. I'm trying to see if there was even a French player playing yesterday. There was Sebastien Grosjean in the invitation oh. doubles. Um, I'm sorry to say he got held over, I think, uh, so, because there was so much rain. Anyway, um, let's talk about the real tennis, uh, not the real tennis, small R. Um, Novak Djokovic versus Yannick Sinner and Carlos Alcaraz against Daniel Medvedev. Thank you very much if you joined us on Circus for our little yeah. test run on that app, which was a sort of live WhatsApp chat, basically, which was um, an unusual thing, just a set of it, but it was quite fun, George, I thought. It was fun. I doubt anyone noticed, but I actually missed the last five or ten minutes of it because I got called into a meeting so <laughs> I was actually AWOL for the final it's good to know that civil servants do occasionally do some yeah, work I was, I was chatting to you on my lunch break and then uh, just got roped into something last minute it, 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 it so. does happen um, um, but it was fun it yeah. was it was unfortunately <laughs> as I said afterwards to the devs who asked us feedback I was like shame about the tennis which I didn't completely mean but it was a pretty straightforward and predictable affair uh, Novak Djokovic winning 6-3, 6-4, 7-6. He said afterwards it was much closer than the scoreline suggests, which literally everyone always says uh, after they've completely pumped someone. <laughs> Actually, the only person the only person I can think of who doesn't say that, or ha- has at least once not said it, is Yelena Ostapenko, who on at least one occasion has just said, yeah, I think I'm better than her, and I won. <laughs> which I completely respect, and is often true. Um, the major talking point, George, actually happened after we went off-air, so to speak, yeah. on Circus, which was uh, the hindrance in the second set. Um, just to talk people through it, um, because I'm not allowed to play the audio, but the video is out there. Uh, I'll put a link to it in the show notes. Novak Djokovic hit a very good backhand down the line, and then just after it bounced on Yannick Sinner's side of the net, quite frankly, celebrated... Uh, and Sinner still got to the ball and got it in, uh, which John McEnroe said was proof that he hadn't been hindered, uh, which, of course, is the rule. Now, for people who don't know the rule, it's very vague. It's Rule 26 in the ITF Rules of Tennis, and it pretty much says if a player is hindered by a deliberate act by the other player, then they shall be given the point. The kind of... Um, the way that rule has become to be interpreted is if you make an elongated noise or make noise that isn't just you grunting to hit the ball or in doubles telling your partner it's mine or yours, then that is a hindrance. Um, <coughs> George, when you've recovered from bronchitis, do you, do you have an opinion? I, the recovery is still ongoing. Um, do you have an opinion on this? I mean, it just was a hindrance, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, you, you'll see a lot of people kind of saying, oh, this, this happens all the time. People are making lots of loud grunts and whatever, that should be a hindrance. And I think, you know, people say, oh... Sabalenka should not be able to play tennis if you consider hindrances and, and you know there's possibly a degree of truth to that but the difference I think was the gap between the shot being hit and then the sound starting he'd hit the shot it had gone and then he starts going Ugh! which you know Bublik kind of did similar against Rublev but actually I think he did kind of make the sound as he was hitting the ball which is okay but but watching it back it, it felt like a clear 
clear-cut call to me. Like, one that is relatively infrequently called, admittedly. Um, and I do have some sympathy for Djokovic from the perspective of, as someone who probably grunts in and out a little bit, yeah. rather than being... You know, if I was playing Azarenka, I would lose my freaking head every single time. Like, that is genu- genuinely annoying and stupid. She does not need to... You mean her grunt, not just her general demeanor? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she is also genuinely annoying. <laughs> but, like, that I would find very hindering, but is part of her routine and the way she goes about hitting every shot. So you could say it's just part of her game. But, mm. you know, tennis probably could do a bit to... Was it, was it Lorenzo Sinego that Rafa had a go at here last year for sort of... Ex- and he just like sort of stopped him at the net and was like, just, look, I'm not complaining, but just so you know, this is really annoying. Yeah. And he does have quite an elongated grunt. Um, I'm just going to read you a tweet from Liam Brody, friend of the pod. Um, I just know as a player, the extended grunts and the strangely timed grunts happen all click the click time click. Uh, and they never get called. Strange time to take a stand on an elongated grunt. And then the time violation. What the heck is happening? Um, yes, he's right. Later in the game, Richard Haig then penalised Djokovic for a time violation. Um, he was over the clock and it wasn't the first time. I was sat next to Neil Squires from the Express and he said, oh no, that happened a couple of times in the first set and he didn't warn him, which is what umpires do. Like They often have a little internal sort of strike clock and eventually they go, okay, well, this is getting silly now. Um, I spoke to one umpiring expert who said I think it was the correct call but I wouldn't have made the same call I might have just had a word with him at changer and said look that was probably pretty close to a hindrance don't do it again um, I, I don't think that's how the laws should be enforced to be honest we've gone down this path before with Serena at the US Open haven't we I mean this is the sort of vagaries of umpires that people get obsessed about you know Carlos Ramos in that instance followed the letter of the law to the law but the fact is, most umpires don't. Mm. And, you know, who's actually right or wrong in this? I thought both the calls yesterday were absolutely fine. Djokovic is always really pushing the boundaries of time violations, let's be honest. There's a few players out there who do that. Rafa's one of them. Sissipas is one of them. Um, and there are players who don't. Mm. Um, but in terms of the grunt, I, I thought that was about as clear-cut a grunting call I've ever seen. And fair play for Jesus. And, you know, people will say, oh... He shouldn't be inserting himself in a semi-final like this. Well, you know, as a sport fan myself, it pisses me off more than anything when umpires make calls based on the occasion rather than the rules. Like, as a, you know, just don't want to say I've been dwelling on this for 11 years, James. But as an Aston Villa fan who went to the Wembley final in the League Cup against Man United, referee Phil Dow didn't send off Nemanja Vidic in the first five minutes who pulled down Gabi Agbonlahor as the last man. You don't need to remind me. You know, it's an occasion and he didn't want to send off and ruin the final. Well, actually, frankly, no, that's wrong. You should follow the laws and Villa should have won that game. And I'm not bitter. I am bitter. Do better. When was the last time Villa won a trophy? Yeah, exactly. Not yeah. in my lifetime. European Cup. 97, I think, League Cup. Oh, uh, OK. So it was not my lifetime, but it was five. So. <laughs> Hardly counts. Um, uh, yes, I, I agree with you to, to a broad extent. Uh, but I would also say that in this case the law is very unclear it's very vague you know I was I had to check it because I couldn't quite believe it was as vague as it was but it is it really doesn't have money it has a few cases you know like oh if this happens is that a hindrance stuff about like if your hat falls off or if a ball falls out of your pocket but you know for this stuff it's not really clear I th- but I think making noise that's outside of the shot is clear hindrance to me so yeah, that's I, what I happened agree, in yeah. this. Yeah. You know, it, he made a sound that was nothing to do with the shot he'd just played. Yeah. 
correctly. Uh, yeah. I fear we might be about to get interrupted by Jonathan Draco, but I'm going to make an on-air hand signal at him if we do. I don't know what the on-air hand signal is. It's going to look a lot like a wave, which is probably not ideal, but um, we'll see. <sighs> Excellent. The uh, production assistant's gone to tell him not to disturb us. Ideal. Uh, we'll see how it goes. Um, other than that, George, the match itself, I mean, Sinner just, just not good enough in these matches, and it's Djokovic at Wimbledon. Yeah, I mean, we said the other day, didn't we, Sinner's just not... Well, you guys said, I wasn't here, but uh, he, he'd not played anyone, really. Like He, he literally hadn't played a seeded player. Yeah, yeah, not played a top 64 player, I think, <laughs> in terms of the draw. Oh, no, you mad. said that on Circus, yeah. Yeah, which is ridiculous. It's crazy. Um, so even if there were double the amount of seeds, he wouldn't have faced a seeded player. Um, and it kind of showed, and I said this earlier in the tournament, didn't I, against when Alcaraz had the first kind of... Test. I can't actually even remember who it was against now so long ago, but he dropped a set to someone and it felt like he was pushed. Uh, it was um, Nicholas Jarry. I actually think Nicholas Jarry. Yeah. I think matches like that are a good thing to ha- have happen to you. Hundred um, percent to get yourself ready for a guy like Novak. And it felt to me like Sinner had had a good run, did what was expected of him, wasn't really pushed, and then met someone who has been there, done it a million times before, and. You know, I don't even think Sinner played terribly in terms of he set up opportunities, but he wasn't clinical enough. He hadn't been put in those match situations where you need to win big points against big players. And equally, that's probably just his problem full stop, isn't it? I mean, He had three great points in the first set. He didn't take any of them. Djokovic had one. He took it. I think that just sums it up. And I also think, and I'm not like a tactical expert in tennis by any stretch of the imagination, but when I watch Sinner play those big matches, I just think, what are you doing? Like you're just just hitting neutral balls back at Novak Djokovic and sort of expecting and, and and he was also just missing rally balls on a regular basis. So how are you expecting to win this match if you're expecting Novak to miss more than you? It's not going to happen. The funny thing is, he, he I thought he started really well, which is weird to say when he's lost yeah. the first two games. But he came out, took it at him. He, he just didn't take the break points, um, <clears throat> and then Novak played a pretty good return game, but. You know, that, that's the way he has to play against Novak. He has to be positive. He's, he's good enough to hit through anyone, really. Like, he, he's got such clean ball striking, but he just feels a little bit hesitant hit, in big moments. You can't hit through Novak Djokovic. You can't just... I mean, Vavrinka can. <laughs> People uh, have. Yeah. I, I, I almost think there's your best chance sometimes against Novak is, like, to completely overwhelm him. And mm. I think Alcaraz, you know, can do that tomorrow McEnroe in commentary said quite a a fair point I think on this is like most players in the world you'd kind of say okay to play Novak you need to do this this and this but Alcaraz you're kind of like no you can just play your game it's Mm. good enough against anyone you just have to handle the nerves you know I think I noticed yesterday and I don't know whether I'm the first I'm sure I'm not People talk a lot about movement on grass. And Alcaraz, who beat Medvedev 6-3, 6-3, 6-3 yesterday, Medvedev said, I didn't feel like I played that badly. We have thoughts. <laughs> um, but the thing about Alcaraz is he doesn't slide on grass, right? And Sinner does, which was very impressive. It was the only thing I thought Sinner did really well yesterday. Um, but Alcaraz doesn't slide on grass. But what he does do is he hits the ball on the run very well. And if you think about it, if you're fit enough to recover and to do those shuttle runs, and you're good enough at hitting the ball on the run, you don't need to slide because you're, you're, you're doing the sliding but taking paces. And I think that's where it'll kind of come into it. it it's potentially Alcaraz could find himself running a lot. If he can do that, then I think he's got a chance. 
Yeah, I think my worry for Alcaraz, and it kind of showed in that third set against Medvedev, is I, I still think his serve is probably not strong enough at the right. moment. It, it's not a bad serve, it's just I think it will give a lot of opportunities to Novak to get on top of it, particularly the second one. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas I think Novak's serve on grass is like one of the most underrated shots in, in tennis. It's how he's become so strong. He, he just picks his spot perfectly. His second serves, you know, we, we've seen him have rocky moments against that, like Berrettini in the final where it suddenly was dropping 217 miles an hour. But broadly speaking, his second serve, he's willing to take a little bit more pace on it um, than at other events. I don't know. It just feels like he's really, really taken every little bit of his serve made it marginally better over the years and now it's a quite a potent weapon um so i that's where i fear for alcaraz i mean you're you're kind of right about the uh, oh hello <laughs> this is great we're not even live and it's just like oh my god um anyway um, yeah you're right Djokovic serves one of the most underrated things on tour um, I am now forced to ask you for a prediction, George, your favourite part of the day. The last prediction of the tournament, you'll be glad to know, because uh, I'm not going to make you predict like, the men's doubles final later today, or, or the women's doubles for that matter. Um, what do you think? I mean, I've thought Djokovic is going to win the tournament from the start. And <laughs> Congratulations, you and 65% of the bookmakers. Yeah. I do think Alcaraz is playing better than I was expecting. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he he looks like he's really kind of found his feet on grass. I j- yeah, I just can't. I still am sticking in Novak camp. I think Novak in four or five, probably. I hope in five. I think that would be it'd be great to have a bit of an epic. I mean, look, I don't I don't hope either of them win from a kind of <laughs> neutral <laughs> perspective. Sorry, George. I'm afraid you're going to be disappointed. Though. Yeah. But like I, I, I'm not like hugely invested in either. I think it's good for tennis if it's a really good match, but the result's not as important. Yeah. If anything, it's probably still slightly better for Novak to be winning at this stage to build Alcaraz up as a profile where he like nearly does it but loses, and then comes back next year and does yeah, it. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Narrative like, arcs. Narrative arcs. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'll go Novak in. I'll go in five. I think it should be a close match, but I think Novak will just have the know-how. Yeah, I think George, what you've done here is made a mistake at the final hurdle because you have basically been picking head over heart throughout the tournament, which is why you're five points clear of Calvin and an undeterminate number of points clear of me. Uh, I'm going to for once go with my head, which is Djokovic in four. I'm almost Djokovic in three, because I genuinely think we're all very excited about this, but there's half a chance this might be a bit of a damp squib. Um, We'll see what Calvin says. Uh, I will uh, press him for a prediction. Um... I don't know. I mean, I was going to ask you for more about the tournament, George, but I feel like uh, your your good lady is already getting bored enough of listening to us in her well-tuned ears. She's currently in, 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 interrogating the Royal Box list uh, for about 20 minutes. It's actually quite impressive. Other than your excellent security skills, Liz, it's been much appreciated. Uh, thank you always much to you, listener, for tuning in throughout the championships. We will have one more pod. Uh, I'll do one tonight looking back at the women's final. I'm probably going to leave... 10 pims George out of that one um, and I, I might do it a brief foray we'll see how we go <laughs> and uh, it's karaoke night at my cricket club George so I don't know if I'm going to hang around that late but we'll, we'll see how we go we'll see how long the final we'll lasts yeah. uh, and we'll also of course have our, our wrap up podcast after the men's final on Sunday we'll get Calvin in uh, we'll try and throw a few other bits and pieces your way as well but most importantly please do come back next time
Five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Podcast Network.